Welcome to Let's Talk Football with me, Chris. And me, Richard. The podcast bringing you the latest in football news. Join us every week during the season as we discuss all the big talking points from the world of football and preview all the action in the weeks to come. In this week's podcast, we'll discuss all the biggest talking points from the opening weekend of the Premier League, the latest news from the transfer market, and we'll catch up with our Football Manager 2015 Wonder Kid. Well, with lots to get our head around this week for opening an exciting week of the Premier League, let's talk football. Right then, here we are, our second, the second podcast, the tricky second the podcast. Difficult second podcast, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. So if you're here for the first time, welcome. If you listened last week and you've come back, thank you very much. Is appreciated. By all means, help us out. If especially if we're on Apple, because you know what their algorithms like. Drop us a little comment and a little like. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell all your friends about it. Tweet about it. All those things really help us out. Agreed, Chris. And I want to add my sentiment to that as well. Obviously, all the feedback, all the nice comments about the first episode are really, really welcome. And yeah, if you are on iTunes or even if you're just listening on Spotify and have an iTunes account, just please leave us a review because it will help us so much with the algorithm. Anyway, here we are after the exciting first week of the Premier League. And I was very, very, very excited to have it back. I don't know about you, Rich. Yeah, I was very, very excited to go back to a stadium and just to see all the fans and all. Yeah, it was just great, wasn't it? Absolutely amazing. I would have loved to have been at Old Trafford. I bet you would have. At the lunchtime. Crikey. That place I was watching on the telly and that place was rocking. Manchester United have laid down a marker. They really did as well that weekend. But I must say, I haven't seen an... I haven't felt an atmosphere like that since Radix Ferguson's last game at Old Trafford. Yeah. It had that feel about it. I know you well, you were at you were at Tottenham, weren't you? Yeah. Did you have a flag? The lane was I did get a flag. You had I a flag home as well. I noticed that all the all the all the fans and the crowd at Tottenham yeah. Hotspur Stadium. God it needs a shorter name. If you got a shorter name for that. Yeah. It will be the soon to be sponsored stadium. It's soon to be sponsored. Okay, that is how we're going to refer to it from now on. Yeah, the soon to be sponsored stadium. Although that deal has taken 18 months to, to materialise. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But yeah, let's talk about the action then. Um, we'll start, we'll start, I'll tell you what, we'll start at Old Trafford. Go on then, yep. We'll start at Old Trafford because I want to start at Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah. Lots of performance from Manchester United. Yeah. I, 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 you blew them away. Second half, first Second half, half. Was fairly even. It was but, no, it was yeah. an even game, but it was an exciting game of football. Yeah, and like the crowd were up for it. Varane getting rolled out at the beginning of the game just set the crowd off. Yeah, like that was the start of it. Whoever's idea, whosever idea that was, it was genius. Yeah, because obviously that had taken days to get to that point. Well, it weeks really. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Because yeah. of, but we'll get onto transfers in a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the game itself was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, I still think Leeds may have scored the best goal of the game. Oh, goal of the weekend from Luke Ayling, absolutely, one hundred percent. What a shot that was! Yeah, and I think everyone saw the massive smile on his face, and I think every I I said it before the commentator said it. Just look at his face. Yeah. And then when I watched match of the day later, Guy Mowbray turned around and went, "Oh, just look at his, his face. face." I think literally everybody when they saw that smile on his face went. Exactly that. Oh, look at his face. It was a hell of a strike. 
And particularly, obviously, for who it was for and where it was as well. Yeah. Obviously, opening weekend of the season, fans back in the stadium, Old Trafford. Absolutely. Leeds fans played their part in that atmosphere as well. They were, they absolutely lost it when uh, when Aileen's goal went in. I, would, I think every game this weekend, the fans were amazing. I mean, the yeah. noise when we scored against yeah. Man City, I've never heard it that loud. It's been it's been different. I think I think just the everyone, just the happiness of being back in the stadium oh, has paid its part. I think, and I think the fact that the home crowd. I think every home team scored first. Uh, all apart from Norwich in the games. Norwich, Norwich didn't score. Yeah, Norwich, of course, who didn't. Poor, Nor- poor Norwich. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's ruin it, didn't you, Norwich? <laughs> but um, it was a, you know, even Burnley got their goal and. Yeah, Burnley took the lead against Brighton. Yeah. To be honest, Norwich had. We will talk a bit more about the Liverpool Norwich game in a bit, but Norwich had their chances. They did. Yeah. But we'll talk a bit more. I want to talk more about Pogba and his performance. Oh, Paul Pogba, absolutely. I mean, see, four assists in one game. Yeah. He is now the eighth Premier League player to do that. To give you a stat, because we love our we love stats, stat. don't we? Yeah, he's the eighth Premier League player to reach that feat, and seven of them. Mm-hmm. Of the previous ones, have a connection with Arsenal. Have a connection with Arsenal. Go on, then run us through. They do. So we've got Dennis Bergkamp, obviously Arsenal legend. Yep. Jose Antonio Reyes, Arsenal legend. Mm. Cesc Fabregas, the less said about him, the better, probably to an Arsenal fan. <laughs> Emmanuel Adebayor, probably the same thing for him as well. Santi Cazorla. Yeah. Harry Kane obviously got four assists last season when Tottenham played Southampton. The only outlier from it all, <laughs> Harry apart Kane, from Paul Pogba, being a childhood Arsenal fan, I think we must state. Being a, we must yeah, explain yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to skim over that <laughs> bit, but yeah. The only two outliers now, so Paul Pogba obviously is added to that list. Yeah. And the other one, Dusan Tadic. Southampton days. Yeah. What a player. I liked. I used to like Tadic. He always used to play he well against a, us. He was a tidy little player. Yeah. Used to play well against Man United. So yeah, so Paul Pogba absolutely lit up Old Trafford. Probably in his best performance I've seen him for us, to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. And obviously, Bruno Fernandes as well. We can't go without mentioning him. Yeah, we were going to get on to it. Don't worry, I was going to talk about Bruno. How can we not talk about I mean, the two of them together, when they play like that, unstop- unstoppable. His hat-trick was the third straight season that a hat-trick has been scored on the opening weekend of it. Just because you think you've got one, you got the other one. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. And he's unplayable yeah. when he's when he's on it. I mean, Pogba particularly as well, Saturday, yeah. he was just on it. Yeah. Every part. Just the strength ping. and the yeah. power that he has as well. When he when he's like that, he's just no one better. No one better in world football, in my opinion. You know, for me, the the best of the United goals was uh, Fernandez's volley. Ooh, not my favorite. The hat trick. I think, no, I think just the technique on Bruno's, the ball from Lindelof, it's coming yeah. over his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hit that on the half volley like that as it's coming around you. I mean, Greenwood's finish is yeah. phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. To put it in that one spot. Maybe people couldn't get to it. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just like, and he's running at full, he's running at full, full power, running through. He looks stronger now, Mason. He looks like he's, he's finding his strength. Yeah. And I think. I mean, he's already had a breakthrough season, hasn't he? But I think he's gonna, he's gonna step it up a level. I think. Yes, I think so. He's gonna have, he's yeah. gonna get plenty of time in the in the in the team, especially while Rashford's out. I would think. Yeah, probably. 
probably in a bit of a rotation with Cavani. But thing is, United, we've got so many options up front. You are blessed in the attacking third. Yeah. Yeah, if, if, if Martial can come back from this injury and get back to the form he was, you know, not last season, but the previous yeah. season, he's going to be great. Sancho going to need time to get his fitness up more than anything because he hasn't trained so much as the others. Yeah, he got 25 minutes, didn't he, Saturday? About 25 yeah. minutes and United played the behind closed doors with Burnley as well that he started. So he'll have gotten some fitness through that. And he'll, there's a good chance I think he'll start against Southampton at the weekend. Fair enough. Cavani's to come back in. Rashford's obviously having his, his operation. He'll come back around October time. It's scary, actually, what we can do up front. It's a good problem for Ollie oh, to have. It's, isn't it's it, ridiculous. Really? It's going to be amazing, hopefully. Especially when you add Varane in now at the back. Yeah. Lots to look forward to. Lots to look forward to. And, of course, then from a Leeds perspective, uh, to be honest, I know we won 5-1, but I think at this time of the season, and we'll talk about this probably with all the games, it's a fitness thing as well. And I think that's probably what happened to Leeds in that second half. Yeah, they they fell away. Obviously, Calvin Phillips wasn't on the field. Yeah. Obviously, he's the linchpin in the middle of the park for them. Keeps everything sort of together. Yeah, obviously, it was a high-scoring game last season, wasn't it, between the two? Oh, yeah, 6-2. Six, six, I think they just play a, a brand of football that we're good yeah. against. And they play, But they play an exciting well. brand, Leeds. So, yeah, obviously... This yeah. will be just a, a blot on the copybook for day one. I think so. I think they'll get back. I mean, it's Man United at the end of the yeah. day, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? As I say, Old Trafford crowd, 75,000, roaring them on. And to be fair, that's probably the loudest I've heard Old Trafford for many years. Yeah. Like I said earlier, it, since that Sir Alex Ferguson's last game, like that was the best atmosphere I think we've had at Old Trafford. You know, people who'd been there were the same had the same thoughts that it was an electric atmosphere so yeah but no i don't have any problem i don't have any trouble any issues with leeds i think they'll they'll be fine you know they'll get their players back in they'll have another week of bielsa running and ragged they'll be back i think they'll they'll be back i think yeah early season i think up to the international break a lot of it's fitness based oh it is absolutely and obviously everyone's still finalizing squads and everything yeah you only see the true reflection of the premier league yeah. after the international once you start getting into september you know, mid September towards the end of September, then you start to you start to see who's where where everyone really is. I think yeah. my dad always used to say, "Don't look at the league table till at least October." Yeah, as that's when it starts to take shape properly. Absolutely. So that was Old Trafford, but then we move on on Sunday. Then the last game of the weekend, the other big shocking result. Well, there was three, wasn't there altogether? But the second of the three. Yeah. I think was uh, was Tottenham beating Man City. Harry Kaneless as well. Without Harry Kane in the team. Yeah. Which again we'll get onto a little bit later in the podcast. But in terms of the game itself, first fifteen minutes I thought, oh here we go, City are gonna score as many as they like here. Yeah. If I'm honest with you. Yeah, we it was uh, it was quite worrying for the first quarter of an hour. Yeah. But but again, much like we've done over the last couple of years against City, we just worked our way into the game. Yeah. And we got into it. We had a couple of chances and then we hit them with a sucker punch like we've done. Yeah. I think the thing with City for me this, well, for the last 18 months, the press hasn't quite been the same. No, no. As it used to be. And so even though they won the league at Canter last year, I think United's home form helped them with that, with it being that close. Yeah. Because, you know, if Man United had gotten to grips with Old Trafford a bit more, Last season, I think it would have been a closer title race. And I think what it showed more than anything to me is their need for a centre forward. Absolutely. I mean, Ferran Torres 
was predominantly playing down the middle out of the yeah. four that was starting the game at least. And yeah. I couldn't understand that at all why he started down the middle. Yeah, he he worked Sterling hard, I thought. Yeah. I thought he worked very hard and he was at, he, he was actually the guy who was being able to he was he, I thought he was quite good at holding the ball up and making some decent runs off the ball. I thought he was doing that pretty well. Yeah. But then I just I just don't think he's a man that's going to get you the goals that you need. No, he's still in only a young, isn't he? Competitive league yeah. title run. Oh, absolutely, yeah. he's young. But I still don't see him. I don't. I don't see that he will be. To be honest, no. The guy who's going to get you the goals that's going to win you a league title. You know, I mean, he's got Pep behind him. So if anyone's going to get the true potential out of him, then it's going to be Pep. Oh, absolutely. I mean, from the other side, obviously Nuno Espirito Santo. What a start! Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What a start! You know, if that's a way to win over the fans and get credit in the bank. Yeah. Boom. There you go. It's a, it's a good it's a good, it's definitely a good start to beat the champions. Yeah. Uh, in front of the, the crowd. The goal itself was yeah, came from a city corner obviously the goal. It was it was a strange goal, I'll be honest. Yeah. It was it was a strange one because I was looking at it going what no one seems to be like no one closed the shot down. Nope. And then kind of Diaz kind of leaned in towards the ball. Yeah, it just kind of flopped out of the way. <laughs> and then Edison just didn't react. Yeah. It was it was a strange one, but, you know, you take them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we should have had another one just after. Bergwijn hit the side netting a couple of minutes later. Yes. Yeah. So, um... Obviously, the only real chance is, I think, that Man City had that I can recall off the top of my head. So, Jack Grealish had a shot that Hugo saved at the second attempt sort of grabbed it to his chest mm -hmm. and kevin de bruyne had a 25 yarder that he just tipped around the post other than that i yeah. can't remember city having many clear-cut chances i think it is worth though with city mentioning that actually because they've still got obviously fitness again but then you've got de bruyne to come back to get him into the starting team yeah you've got to you've got that left hand side of city's defense that was just all over the place so I think once Carl Walker gets back up, Cancelo will move over to the left. Walker will go into the right, and they'll get they'll take Aki out and put Stones or Laporte back in. Yeah, because Ake was the weakest link by far. Wow, well, Mendy, team. I thought I thought yeah, Mendy, Mendy was all did, over the place. He's been a bit missing at times. Yeah, and I think you know City fans themselves, I think would say that that for them was where that game was sort of lost, if you like, was take that out, put the quality of De Bruyne, and get him back in the team. You know, you've got Bernardo Silva as your options, um, you know, further up the pitch. I'm surprised, actually. Let's talk about Grealish, actually, because yeah. I was a bit surprised that he started him on that left of a three in the in the middle. Yeah, yeah, I was a bit surprised that he... Yeah, he, obviously, he, he was attacking Tanganga, really. Yeah. And Tanganga... <laughs> what a performance he had, by the way. Yeah, he had his number all day long. He, he come off, and he yeah. came off at the far side, so he had to walk round... The east stand behind <laughs> the south stand. Literally got the applause of everyone. Oh, absolutely! You could see the you could see the kid was like, "Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> what's going he, on?" <laughs> he was he was phenomenal. And considering he he's a centre so half, good. yeah, no, he's a fullback. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> Stay, you, you are a fullback. Yeah. Stay there. You, you've got a career there, I think, because he was good going forward as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one thing that Japet's improved on over the last year or so. He's yeah. been, he, first of all, he was quite sort of tentative going forward. Now he kind of bombs on a little bit further. Whether that's Nuno's changing the style a little bit that allows yeah. them both to bomb on, I don't know. Well, considering that yeah. what Nuno worked with Doherty 
at Wolves, at Wolves yeah. for year, and you know he was his go-to right back. Yeah, and then he's picked Tanganga over him. It yes. kind of shows you the impact that he's had on him and since it he's come in. Volumes for Aurier as well, obviously. If the two regular oh, yeah. right backs are not getting in the team, then yeah, yeah. But I think it's good. It's good for for Spurs to have someone coming through like this. And oh, absolutely, yeah. Give him someone to get behind. Yeah, I mean we've got a few in the squad, but yeah, obviously another one off the production line always mm-hmm. helps. Yeah, and next time one of the big clubs need a fullback, um, he'll be off as well. Thanks. <laughs> and of course, I mean, the start of the Premier League season, the very first game of the Premier League season yeah, was down at Brentford and Arsenal in their, their first game with fans in their new stadium. Absolutely. What an atmosphere that was as well. I mean, you can just say what an atmosphere, Brackley, for all the games, I think, this yeah. weekend, particularly that one. I mean, Thomas Frank was, was, when he came out, he was like, come on, make noise. Yeah. Be louder. Yeah. Love him. I love it Thomas was great. Frank already. It was, it was very, very, very good. I enjoyed it immensely, watching them come out in their new stadium, the atmosphere, first first game yeah. in the Premier League, the fans are back, you're at home. 50th Premier League club as well. 50th, is that right though? The 50th Premier yeah, League 50th club. 50th Premier League club. There you go. Yeah. That's that's a good more stats. We like stats. More stats. And can I just say yeah. what did I say last week? I think we both said it, didn't we? Maybe. They might they might have a bit of a shock in store. Yeah, I think you I said it and you agree with me. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I think we both thought that, you know, there's always Arsenal have a tendency to have a bad opening day. Oh yeah. I didn't expect them to just roll over though, I'll be honest. They had a couple of chances. When I look at that first eleven though that Arsenal put out, it doesn't look great. It doesn't look like a team that's going to be challenging for Europe, let's say. No, obviously, if you take Lacazette and Aubameyang out of that team, and that is a very different team. It is. Obviously, Balogun is a young kid. He was playing up front. Didn't get a lot of service. Yeah, I think Ben White's needs... Oh, Ben White was just taken apart. Yeah, I think he's, he, needs, he needs... He needs more help than that. Yeah, and I think he just, he just needs time to settle as well for Arsenal fans that are panicking out there and... Yeah, yeah, I, it'll come good, it, you know. Yeah, and again, it'll probably, it, you know, we talk about the fitness thing, but I think it is, like, different clubs are going to be at different levels. Yeah. And I think the reason why Man United's level was so high was because we got caught out last season. Yeah. With the bad performance against Crystal Palace at the start of the season and the Brighton game as well, where we were just totally off it. And so this season, I think it's one of the things that Man United were like, right, we need to make sure that we're ahead of the game and ahead of everyone else. And he's really put an effort into making sure that that happened. But again, you're going to get clubs coming in at different levels just because of the way that they're training or, you know, and it's just, they're just working their way up to the fitness or because of the programs just might be different. Do you know what I mean? As to where they want and how they want to get there. And obviously don't forget, obviously you've got players coming back from the Euros at different stages. So it depends on how far they went into the tournament. Obviously I know Ben White didn't play for England, but he was still with England Mm -hmm. until the 11th of July. Oh, yeah. So he hasn't had a lot of time with Arsenal. Obviously, he's only just signed from as well. So he didn't really have much of a yeah. pre-season with Brighton either. Yeah. But it was... The, the goals that Arsenal conceded were very soft, yeah, I thought. sloppy goals. Sloppy. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly the throwing they, uh... one. That was... Yeah. You... Well, there's just no strength. Yeah. You look at Arsenal, and it's been the same issue with Arsenal, I feel, for at least the last 13, 14 years. Where you look at them and you just go... They don't look strong enough. Like you just feel like 
if someone gets in on them or gets muscles into them, gets strong against them, they're going to struggle. And that, yeah. well, that that was, and yeah. they don't never seem to have addressed that issue. And it seems to have come really ever since Vieira left. They haven't had anyone in that midfield. And what Vieira left? What two thousand and six was it that Vieira left, or two thousand and five? Something like that. Yeah. And it's just like that. That has been a problem now for them for so long, and they just don't seem to be finding a solution to it. No, and I think that's always been Arsenal's thing. I mean, that's certainly been our thing when we've played Arsenal. If you get in their faces and you get amongst them, they don't like it. And I thought that had changed. I thought that mentality was kind of evolving a little bit, but they seem to have gone backwards again into that sort of form of, you know, soft touch. Absolutely. Maybe. Maybe too strong a word, but they just don't seem to have that steel that they had. Indeed. But, you know, all credit to Brentford and the way that they played and the way they approached the game. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And where they were at. And I think I think Brentford could have a, a good season. I think they, they could, you know, in their own minds, they'll be, let's stay in the league. That's got to be yeah. the, the target, essentially, hasn't it? You know? Don't get ahead of themselves after the first week and think about what to do and how to do it in the weeks to come and how to approach it. Keep that attitude and that level of performance up is the challenge for them. And let's see if they can if they can do it. Because if, if they can, they'll give any team a, a game in the league. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I just wanted to quick mention, because we talked about it last week, Rafa Benitez needing that strong start to the season with Everton. And I feel like, I feel like he, he, he got that performance out of them. The weekend. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, obviously they fell behind, which would have worried a few people. Yeah. Obviously Adam Armstrong, I think that came from a mistake at the back, his goal. Yeah. But yeah, they turned it around. Second half, they were tremendous. It was a very Benitez like performance, I feel, from Everton. I feel like he's getting what he wants out of the teams. Yeah. Well, you're going to, with Rafa Benitez, it's a workman like performance, isn't it? Yeah. You know, he wants you to work hard with and without the ball and. Yeah, obviously, day one, one win after the perfect start for them. And it'll, as I said with Nuno, it'll get him a bit of credit in the bank with the Everton yeah. fans. Yeah, I think I think the he's got the thing is, though, with Benitez, he's, he's you know, Nuno starts on at least a flat zero point, doesn't he, with, with Spurs? Yeah. But Benitez is, like, down at, like, minus 10. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. has got his work. He's, he's got he's to, he's got to get them up. to a point yeah. where the fans are happy that he's there. Or at least content with it, and then do something. And I, I genuinely feel for Everton, the the best way for Benitez to do that would be to go out and win one of the cups this year. Yeah, yeah, that would certainly put a feather in his cap, wouldn't it? And won an FA Cup, or at least got a final under his belt between the two. You know, especially the Carabao Cup, I would definitely think that Everton should be targeting that sort of trophy, and they could because you know Everton with Benitez behind them, I think could beat any team in the league on a one-off performance. You know what I mean? And the good thing for them, obviously, Richarlison scoring yeah. opening day. I know he's played at the Olympics. So well, Richarlison played at the Copper America as well, didn't he? Yeah. He, so he was at the yeah. Copper America, went to the Olympics. He hasn't really stopped, so it'll be interesting to see how he manages Richarlison, particularly mm. towards the middle of the season when the games are really starting to come in that Christmas period. I, I do like Richarlison. I have since since he came into the league. Yeah, he's a bit of an enigma, Richarlison. One minute he can be blindingly brilliant, and then next minute he does re- something really stupid. It's just the inconsistency, you know, that 
that a lot of players have that stop them from being the top top level isn't it but yeah i think for, for everton over the course of a season he's going to do more good than he does bad oh yeah yeah absolutely and he's he's, he's definitely got some talent to him of course he has he's a professional footballer to start with let alone one in the premier league so and then of course calvert lewin got his goal yeah very happy for him as well yeah soon got a lot of time for england at the euros but no, another stronger season this season, and we'll go to the World Cup definitely. I think so too. You know, we we need to mention Southampton, who I feel were. I mean, again, first game of the season. Don't read too much into it, but I feel like they were. I'm a little worried for Southampton this year that they're going to be in a bit of a relegation battle. When you sell your top goal scorer, yeah, it does start to ring alarm bells. Now I know Danny Ings only had 12 months left on his contract, and they got what 25 million, I think it was. Yeah. Aston Villa, and no disrespect to Adam Armstrong because he had a phenomenal record in the championship last year. To make that step up, that's a big step to take. And I know he scored his goal. Yeah, it was very fortuitous that he got the goal, but he took it well. Yeah. And that's all you need, though, in it that bit of luck to have the sharpness, though, to get there. Yeah, and to finish it. And we'll see how Adam Armstrong gets on. I think again, another talented player. They need to have a strong end to the window, Southampton. They need to do some business. I think I think they need to add one or two to their squad yeah. for sure. I think they haven't really got enough to be where they want to be. Yeah, you know, and that's pushing up the table. Yeah, they want to be they want to be heading towards the top half, don't they? Yeah, they do. And I think I think they've got a bit of work to do. And I think if they don't do well this year, I think Ward Price will. I think they'll hang on to Ward Price this summer, but I think they'll struggle next summer if they don't progress in some form. Next up, then West Ham at Newcastle. Yeah, good start for West Ham. Yeah. Obviously, they fell behind pretty early. Yeah. But again, they got themselves back in the game, fell behind again, and then got themselves back in the game. And then just took Newcastle away at the end, really. Yeah. Mikel Antonio obviously getting his goal. Yes, in his new in his new shirt. Yes, his new number nine. Yeah. Yeah, and Catlin Wilson also wore number nine, I think, for the first time for Newcastle. So he got his goal as well. He did, yeah, because he took Joel Linton's number. Yeah, Good good times for number nines. Yeah, lots of goals at St. James's. Lots to be happy with from a West Ham perspective. I think they'll be um, delighted with the start, you know, particularly having not been able to get hold of Jesse Lingard as yet Yeah, in this window. You know, who knows what's going to happen there. They needed that sort of performance. But I think with, with Bowen and Fornells and Antonio... If they can keep them all fit, Exactly, yeah. And but after that, it does start to. Drop. I mean, Lanzini's been around at the club for a while, but Yarmolenko, of course, as well. Yeah. There as well. Declan Rice, obviously, that's that's the biggest bit of business from West Ham this summer. Keeping hold of him. Yeah, keeping hold of Declan is massive. I think you know because there would have been a lot of eyes on him, especially after his performances in the Euros. Absolutely. Uh, I think. I think. I think though, he'll have a lot of eyes on him this season. Oh, absolutely. I think everyone will be keeping an eye on him in terms of. Yeah. You know. Is he ready to make that step? I think both him and Phillips, after their performance in the Euros, there's going to be a lot of eyes on him, not just in England, I think, from around Europe. Yeah, probably. I think Newcastle, I mean, they had spirit, and I think St. Maximin showed his quality again. He's he's by far the best footballer at Newcastle United. Yeah. He's, his skill level is on. Uh, some of the movement he was doing and... The way he could take a player on one on one in the middle of the field and just beat them and get Newcastle on their way. Of course, yeah, yeah. He's just he's lightning once he's got the ball at his feet. Yeah, yeah. 
he's just a step above of everything that they've got there at the minute. Obviously, they've got Joe Willock now. Obviously, I know he couldn't play Sunday, but obviously he'll be in the team probably this weekend. Yeah, no, absolutely. So a couple of a couple of shining lights, but I still think Newcastle are going to be in for a tricky season. They are. They're a bit like Southampton, really. They need a few more bodies. Yeah, but the thing is, I, th- I feel with their ownership situation at the minute. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Mike Ashley is in the mood for spending money at a time when he's trying to say, no, I'm off. Yeah. Yeah, it's a difficult one. You know what one. I mean? And I think that one. Yeah. I think I think he just he just he's well, and, and, and I feel for Newcastle fans because it's such a great club and you've just got this whole I mean, Mike Ashley's probably been trying to get well, I say get rid, but you know, without wanting to be disrespectful to Newcastle, but he's been trying to sell Newcastle for the last, I don't know, seven, eight yeah, years. Gotta be maybe even longer than yeah. that. And it's just like I I don't understand why no one sees the value of an investment in Newcastle United. Well, no, obviously with the fan base, obviously they packed yeah. that place out. Even in the championship, it was a full house every week. Yeah. And there's so much potential with that club that it's it's just a shame that they never seem to kick on. Obviously, they had their heights in the in the early 90s of sort of finishing second, getting to the cup final. And oh, yeah, that period around 95, 96. Yeah, obviously with Kevin Keegan and, and all that. And it just never quite materialised again. Obviously, I know they went down to the championship. It didn't. Well, they, they had that. Well, they had the period, didn't they, with Bobby yeah, Robson yeah, yeah. as well? I yeah. think where they were, where they were on the cusp in that. You know, when it was Leeds, Arsenal, uh, United, and Newcastle, sort of the top four yeah. of that yeah. era. I forget about that. Yeah. So there was still there was still a bit of time there just before. Well, really, when Alan Shearer retired, wasn't it? Really. Yeah, that was around about the time where it started to. Yeah. The decline, if kind of happened, and then they had the relegation. They came back. You thought, okay, this is it now. They're going to get the investment right. It just, it just never happened. I would say for Newcastle, though, I do... I mean, I know he shipped four goals, but I don't think... I think Freddie Woodman is a decent keeper who, with a bit of time... He is, yeah. When when you think he just... You know, obviously, Debrabka's injured. Yeah. Carl Darlow's had COVID, hasn't he? So, to be thrust into the limelight almost, because he's been out on loan quite a lot, Freddie Woodman, the last three or four years... Yeah, to be thrust into the limelight, conceding four goals on on that sort of occasion. Yeah. Forgive him that, don't you? I think so. Right, let's just round it off. Chelsea were very impressive. Oh, absolutely. I think, again, I think we all know they're going to challenge for the title this year. They're going to be in it. You know, Lukaku is going to come in, score them 30 goals, I would think. So I think they'll they'll be in the conversation. They were very, very good against the Palace team who, well, we'll see how they go. Palace. They're playing Chelsea first game of the season. It's hard to judge, I think, to judge Palace having to go to Stamford Bridge on the opening day of the season. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, they don't come much difficulter than that, do they? Uh, no, no, they do, they do not get more more difficulter than that. Quite correct. Is difficult or a word? I don't think it is. No, you say more. Now. You say more difficult. Oh well. <laughs> Difficulter is now in the English dictionary, folks. It's a thing. So, yeah, I mean, again, we talked about Patrick Vieira now. I quite, even though I'm a United man and he's an Arsenal man from that time period, I still actually want him to do well. But he hasn't got a great track record. No. Really. Baptism of fire springs to mind. Absolutely. So we'll see how they get on next week. Also, Leicester, solid start against Wolves in that Midlands derby. Yeah. Start the, start the season. Vardy got his goal. Yeah, it was a fairly even game. Yeah, it was, but I think it was solid Leicester, really. 
I think it, Wolves never really troubled Leicester in any great amount, I don't feel. No. No, it um, was, um, you know, it was Jamie Vardy's show, wasn't it? Lovely little flick yeah. into the corner. Yeah, that was just Vardy at his best. Yeah, absolutely. That's what he does time and time again. I think Leicester will be, they'll be up there in that European conversation again this year. Wolves will, Wolves, again, I think they'll be, they'll be solid, but we talked about it last week, having lost Nuno and some of the changes going on around that that might bring. Yeah. You know, when I was watching it, actually, it was sort of the tale of the two strikers because Adama was basically through the middle for Wolves. Yeah. And then you had Vardy at the other side, both quick, both lightning. Vardy took his chance. And Traore Traore missed his. Yeah. And I think that's that might sum up kind of both their seasons in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Dharma Traore is a bit like that in terms yeah. of, you know, it will run, 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 run. But when it comes to the final end product... Absolutely. Yeah. He either ends up in the stands or ends up with the goalkeeper. He might put it in the net a few times, but yeah. Yeah, they need a striker. Obviously, they've, they've got one, obviously. They just need him to be able to be able to play, obviously, more regularly. Right, quickly on then to Liverpool, Norwich. Norwich, I thought, made a fist of it for the first half an hour. But then as soon as they conceded, Liverpool's confidence grew. And it was just like, you know, they saw off the crowd... They saw off that first 15, 20 minutes, and once that happened and they started to grow into the game, they didn't look like losing that game. No, they didn't. And as you say, Norwich gave their best. It's going to be probably the story of the season for Norwich, yeah. I think. They might struggle again, Norwich. And Liverpool, of course, I think will will be up there at the top end of the Premier League, challenging for those Champions League or even the league. Well, say even the league. They will challenge for the league, I feel, with their quality. One good thing for Norwich, though, They've got one of the big boys out of the way early. Well, exactly that. And it's the same situation with Palace going to Chelsea. Yeah. Going to Chelsea, having Liverpool, who have a great record at your stadium. First game of the season. You know, historically have a great a great record there, you know. All right, let's move on next to Burnley then, shall we? Burnley and Brighton. Um, a game again, two teams where I don't really know how they're going to get on this season. Burnley always, you always think Burnley are going to struggle and then Sean Dyche seems to be able to pull a performance out of them or a string of results out of them that keeps them yeah. safe. Um, Brighton haven't really spent that Ben White money yet. No, no. Um, but don't look too much any worse than they did last season for it so far. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've still got Mapai and, and Trossard who are, who are going to be their, their main attacking threats again this season. Yeah. And with Burnley, with... The likes of Wood and Rodriguez, can they? You know, they're not really going to get you the goals. I think that you. No, need. they're going to very much rely on Wood, yeah, to get the goals. Yeah. Obviously, Vidra does chip in a little bit as well, but obviously he's been around the Premier League scene for mm. many, what many seems years, like forever. He, yeah. he really has. So uh, we'll see how we'll see how both those teams progress throughout the season. But I, I'm not a hundred. I, I just don't know how to read them because they, they're teams that could be in a relegation battle, but then. Yeah. They probably will be for a while, but one of them probably will be in it till the end, and one of them will probably pull out to safety with about you know about ten games to go. I had it down as a draw because I couldn't pick yeah. between Burnley and Brighton, so it's a you know it's two points one by Brighton, I think. Yeah, absolutely, indeed. And then finally to wrap it up, we've had got the uh, big return for Watford to the Premier League as they beat Villa three two. 3-0 up, weren't they? After yeah, they were coasting. An hour or coasting so. Coasting to victory. They really were. And, and then, to be fair, Villa yeah. fought back. I'm not sure I'm not sure what to make of both these teams at the minute. 
think it's a hard one to judge from that game how either team's going to do. Yeah, you could you could see that Villa was starting to get it together. Yeah. Obviously, being 3-0 down, you've got to try and get yourselves back into the game. I always say, once they're 3-0 down, they try to make a game of it from that point. Yeah. And obviously, they scored two goals in the last 20 minutes, but Watford are very much... I must say, though, John McGinn's goal was a great goal. Oh, crikey. Yeah. What I mean, goal that was, the ball by the in way. from Leon Bailey yep. was immense. And just to take it first time like that, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I did say last week, didn't I? I was really excited to see Leon Bailey in the Premier League. And he started he started well on a personal note, even if the team didn't quite reach the heights. Yeah, Watford played, played really well for that first, you know, first 70-odd minutes. And then... Villa came back into it. I think they took their foot off the gas a little bit. Again, the fitness side of it. And then the quality of Villa started to come through. And I think that might be the telling point for both these teams. I think Watford might have had that fitness advantage over Villa. But then as the teams both started to tire and come on a a level playing field in terms of stamina and fitness, uh, where they are at that point in the game, I thought the Villa did start to come through. But we'll have to see how how it goes this season. I, I really don't know these of these teams. Watford could go back straight back down again. Um, I don't expect the Villa to be in a relegation battle. I just, I think from last season, they will have wanted to push towards those European spots, but I'm just not sure whether they can do it this year. No, it's, it, it'll be interesting. Obviously, Dean Smith has been very vocal in when he's been answering questions by the press of, you know, Jack Grealish is gone. We forget about him now. He's not an Aston Villa player anymore. We're concentrating on the players I've got here. And I think that distraction of sort of, well, Jack Grealish is going to go, Jack Grealish is going to go, yeah. that will stick with them for a little while and they'll eventually shake that off. But mm. it's it's a big hole to fill, isn't it? Oh, it is, definitely. Absolutely. But yeah, so there we go. There's your opening weekend of the Premier League. Lots of fun and exciting games. No massive referee incidents, which in in a way is a new story. Yeah. I feel. There was no big talking point. No, just the one VAR one that I noticed at Newcastle. Was it a penalty? Wasn't it a penalty? Yeah, which, again, these things are getting a bit more subjective. I like. It looks like the referees are going to allow a bit more physicality in the game this season. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of stuff last year that you'd probably got a free kick for that you weren't getting free kicks for, and I'm all for that. Let's keep the game moving. And I did like, and this is one from our game, I did like the fact that Jack Grealish pulled Lucas Moore up for diving. Look, we'll have less of that. I'm just saying. Absolute. I'm just Tottenham saying. Bias. Tottenham bias, I everyone. Just thought, I just thought it was funny. Oh, dear. But, yeah, so no no big, big incidents to talk about from that. So next on to, shall we get on with having a little look at some transfers? Yes, we should. And what's going it's... on? In the transfers, lots going on. Obviously, let's start with the saga that never seems to end, and that's Harry Kane. <laughs> as the days... Well, the thing is, you never know what's going to happen. There's, what, two weeks left of the window? Yeah, two weeks, as we're recording this, two weeks tonight. Yeah, so... um The deadline comes. Will Harry Kane be a Tottenham player, or will he be a Manchester City player from the 1st of September? To be honest... When he wasn't in the squad on Sunday, yep. I was a bit like, right, okay, Harry Kane is probably on his way. The thing is, there are some practical reasons for that, that I feel. Yeah. In that he hadn't trained with the squad. Yeah. So it, it didn't really make sense. 
But I think what was more telling is that he wasn't visible. No. So he wasn't sat in a, in the director's boxes or, you know, in the stands with the rest of the directors or the players, yeah. you know, some of the other injured players or whatever. He wasn't there. No one really saw him. They were just told, yes, he's here. Which, in this day and age, when you've got 70 cameras everywhere, to not spot him... To show your presence, yeah. Yeah, they've done well. He's done well to hide. I don't, I don't think he was there, personally. You do not. No. I think it's all a bit of smoke. Smoke screens. Yeah. But then he has been included on in the squad he is. for our trip to Portugal on which, Thursday. Which would have happened. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm sure they played really well, or they played really badly. Let us know on the tweet. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a strange one because you never know what's going to happen. Levy's been... He's done these late deals in the past to get what he wants. He'll have lined up all his ducks in a row for what Spurs are going to do. Yeah, although those options are closing off a little bit. I think Valovic might end up at Atletico Madrid. Yeah, I think, think, though, I think they'll they'll already know, I think, what they're doing. I think it's all right to say, oh, their options are closing, but I think there might be a point where Tottenham know what they're going to do, right? These things never catch Levy out, do they? He knows... No, no. He knows already what's going to happen. Like... Kane thinks he knows what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. Manchester yeah. City probably think they know. And like the Spurs fans, the City fans, everyone else thinks they know what's going to happen. But Daniel Levy is normally the one that knows what's going to happen and yeah, how it's going to happen. And that's why he's been such an enigma of a personality in the league. Why he's an operator of of some level. He is, he is an operator. You know, there's no... He's a very, very good businessman, even if he's not the most liked businessman in the world. He's very good at what he does. Yep. And he always seems to do things in the best interests of the club. Maybe not always the sentiment of the club, but in terms of what he sees and what he believes is right for the club. Yep. You know, it might not be what the fans think is right for the club, but, you know, he will act in what he believes is the best interests of Tottenham Hotspur. Absolutely. And as he should. As he should do. So we'll see what happens with Kane. I think watch this space. Any anything could happen. Good. Anything I mean, could anything happen. could happen. It will be more telling. I think he might well have played last night. If he doesn't play at the yeah. weekend, then I think the weekend is the one yeah. that will be the big tell. I think if he doesn't play in this Europa League, Europa Conference League qualifier, I don't think you'll read too much into it. No, no, there's no point. Well, I guess it depends on the team that you play. If you put out a full strength team and he's not there yeah. at all, then you kind of it might raise an eyebrow. It also depends on the surface as well out there, because obviously if yeah. we are looking to sell him, or there is the intention to, get him to sell him, you don't want him to get injured. No, yeah, absolutely, that'd be well, that'd be everyone's worst nightmare, that'd wouldn't be it? Game over for his move to City. be bad, yeah. be bad for everybody. Yeah. So Arsenal, we were talking about Arsenal in there. There may be their lack of strength in their first team, let alone their squad and they've obviously still been heavily linked with um, Martin Odegaard from from Real Madrid. Yeah. Uh what are we thinking? What are we thinking there? I mean obviously he was on loan at them last season. He did well. Is he what they need? He kind of is what they need, but they need so much more. Yeah, they need lots of Arsenal. I feel like I feel like there's a lot of areas. Yeah. I think that midfield, I still I still think I mean they brought a centre back. I still think they need another one. I think they need a right back. Yeah. I think that's that's an area for them. Left back obviously Kieran Tierney, we all know he's he's qualities. 
Um, so I don't, you know, left back is probably less of a concern for them, but I think right back is. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, Bella, that... obviously Bellerin's yeah. nowhere near the form he had four or five no, seasons ago. absolutely not. And, you know, Callum Chambers isn't a right back. No. He's just not. Nope. You know, with all the best will in the world. And I'm sure, you know, he, he'll put the work, he'll put the effort in and he'll... He'll do a job that he's told to do, but he's he's not comfortable out there. You can you could see that Friday night. He's he wasn't necessarily comfortable out there. He's he prefers playing centre back. And you know, I think there's 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 work to be done at Arsenal, but I don't see them doing much. Not I just with, don't. Not with this amount of time left, unless they've got things sort of on the burner, and they're just waiting for things to materialise. Yeah, I think I think that whole transfer strategy. You know, Edu's come in as their sporting director or whatever the title is for it. I just don't see how... I just, and I think a lot of Arsenal fans probably feel the same. It's, what are we, try, what are we trying to do? Like, what, what are we trying to build? What's the type of player that we're going after? You know what I mean? It's like, it feels... A, like, you know how Man United were spending, like, 50, 60 million on players that didn't make sense? Yeah. Arsenal are doing that, but with players who aren't on that level either do you know what i mean it's just like they're just kind of throwing things out there they've got a few scouting reports on the odd player and they're just taking a chance on a few people as opposed to what's the thought strategy yeah behind it does seem their plans like that. and yeah and it's been like that for a few years now yeah. obviously we're signing you know like william onto that massive contract after we left chelsea paying probably 20 million too much for nicolas pepe yeah yeah so Trouble at Arsenal, but we'll see how Odegaard does. I mean, there's a good chance. I think Odegaard wants to move. Yeah, sounds like it's going to be so, about 30 million. Yeah, I think that will happen. Which is obviously a bit cut price from Real Madrid's perspective. The other, the other big news story that's kind of came through earlier in the week was this idea that Ronaldo might be leaving Juve. Yes. I don't think that's happening. I just don't. I don't think he'll be leaving Juventus this summer. No. I think I, I, I think they'll keep hold of him. Came from nowhere. This one. Yeah. It was just like, oh, he's, there's a chance he's going to leave. Well, PSG, there's no way they'd get away with having... I mean, it would be quite something to have Ronaldo and Messi in the same team. Yeah. It'd be it'd be something worth watching, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, because those two together could be amazing or it could be a car crash because they just want, you know, because they're both alpha alphas yeah. in their squads, aren't they, you know? And it's personalities. Quite and, funny. Yeah. Yeah, all all of that stuff would be great to see that play out, but I don't see him leaving Juve. There's not many options of places for him to go. No, apparently he's been touted off to City, but yeah, but City won't. City won't, and I don't even know if he. I'd hope that he wouldn't. No, I hope that he wouldn't. No, obviously, if he looks at what happened with Carlos Tevez, yeah, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird one. Obviously, it's just a, it was just a thing that came out. I don't feel like Pep would have him. Well, I don't know. Would he? I don't know. I think you know, City want Kane. Yeah. You know they've already spent a hundred million on Grealish. They're not going to be coming in on low wages. No, no, Ronaldo's not going to be doing that. Ronaldo's wage that he even at the age that he is, he's he's still probably better than every other footballer in the league. Yeah, probably. Even even at his age. Yeah, no, I think I think he'll stay at Juve. I think, you know, I saw a thing. Oh, there was a chance. Oh, he could come back to United. I, it's every, we've had this every summer for the last 
10 years, I think, that Ronaldo's coming back to United. And it's just like... Welcome to Gareth Bale country. Gareth Bale, yeah, but you know what I mean? It's just like, we, I think United fans, the closest I thought, I think we thought it was going to come was the season, was when David Moyes first came into the club. Yeah. I think there was, that was the, that was the most it was talked about. And they wanted that marquee signing. Yeah, but I just don't, I don't see that happening. Uh, apparently Tottenham, though, we're in for uh, Kurt Zuma. Apparently so. Obviously, West Ham are interested as well. We are looking for a centre-back, another one, to complete our set. Uh, Romero's going to drop in there. Who played at the weekend for you guys? Dyer and Sanchez. And to be fair to Dyer and Sanchez, they did really well. I don't mind Davidson Sanchez, though. I think no, he's... Davidson Sanchez, he had probably his best game for oh, at least 18 months. Yeah. At least. Maybe even longer than that. Admittedly, they didn't have someone directly in front of them, which was always the problem between the two of them. I think Dyer as well will feel scolded after missing out on the Euro squad. Yeah, absolutely. And he'll have a point to prove this. He'll have a point to prove this season. Yeah, Kurt Zuma is an interesting one. Chelsea and Tottenham doing business with one another. Notoriously down the years is always a bit stretchy and cagey. And yeah. they don't necessarily want to do business with one another. Obviously, the whole Luka Modric thing before he went to Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. So I think we're just doing it to annoy West Ham, personally. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, if we look a bit further down the league, it could be it could be worse, though. It could be, it could be Derby. Get a poor old Derby. I genuinely poor don't know what's happened with Derby. It's just a shame, isn't it? They just cannot get a player in and can't register anyone at the minute. And ugh, It's tough. But then they've lost a couple of players as well. Obviously, they've, they've lost Kazim Richards. Yeah, they bought in Sam Baldock on a short-term deal because the EFL have allowed them to register a player because they've lost one. But yeah, so they so need to sort that out. I don't. I obviously I don't know Mel Morris. I don't know the Derby situation that well. I just from an outsider looking in, he just looks like a shambles. I would not want to be Wayne Rooney. No, right no. now. No, and I think he said something last week that. The only reason he is the manager of Derby is because no one else wants to be the manager of Derby. Yeah, absolutely. But he's a fighter, Wayne. Yeah. He's, a, he's proved that throughout his whole career. It's what he does. He'll, he'll fight it out and he'll be there until the bitter end because it's just what he does. And he'll show the commitment because that's where he is and he will commit to wherever he is. But that just speaks volumes of the situation that Derby are in. Yeah. That the manager is telling you that I'm the manager because no one else wants to manage this team. Yeah. But fair play to him, because, you know, as you said, he is a fighter. He will be determined to get it right. Obviously, they were so close to being relegated last year. I just worry for Derby this year. If they can't sort this out, obviously, when the transfer window closes, the loan window closes, I think, a couple of weeks later. So they have will have a little bit of time if they do sort it out. But if they go into the season with the squad they've got now, they've got no chance. Absolutely. Right then, shall we, before we have a quick roundup of what's going to happen next weekend in the Premier League, shall we have a little catch-up with our wonder kid, Gianluca Guadino? So if you're new to the podcast, what we're doing is we've taken... We're big football manager players, and from 2015, there was a wonder kid. You know the wonder kids? You go out, you scout your players, you bring them in. Gianluca Guadino, or Gordino, I should probably say, was a wonder kid and we wanted to track him this season and see how he's getting on in his career because i'll be honest i haven't heard from him since i signed him in 
Football Manager 2015. So, um, Richard, have you got any great news for us? Well, I have news. Okay. It's not all great. Right. So, his side, SV Sander Hassan, have played four games so far this season. Ooh, lots of game time then, potentially. Lots of game time. Not necessarily. Oh. So, the results that they've had, so they've lost 2-0 to Dusseldorf. Ouch. They lost 3-0 to Hans Regensburg. Yeah. Forgive me if I've said that wrong. They drew 0-0 with Carl Schutten. Hang on, have they scored a goal yet? And they lost 4-0 to Leipzig in the German Cup. They haven't scored a goal? They haven't scored a goal yet this season. Right. And our man on, has, he been, has he at least been playing minutes. Well, um, if I take you through, so against Dusseldorf, he mm. played 65 minutes. Okay. Against Jan Rassenberg, how many minutes do you think he played? Oh, he must have been back, you know, first game of the season. It was just get some get some legs, get the legs running. So I reckon he would have played at least 70, 75 in the second game. Try 10. Oh. 10 minutes, yeah. Right. And in the last league game they played, yep. he played slightly more than 10 minutes. All right. 25. Come ah. as a sub. Right. And okay. against RB Leipzig, ironically, mm-hmm. he played 45 minutes against RB Leipzig. Oh, there we go. So he Much is improvement. There is improvement there. But, he's improvement. Um, he's but having yeah. a great start to the season. Sounds great. Sounds good. Good work, Gianluca. We'll uh, we'll, we'll keep you updated, guys, with how he's getting on. Keep keep you updated. You're doing well. You're doing fantastic. Right, I think we ought to uh, let's have a little preview of what's going to happen next weekend. Then, so where are our fixtures for next weekend? So we start on Saturday lunchtime this week with Liverpool versus Burnley. That's the twelve thirty kickoff. Then we move on to the three o'clockers. So there's Aston Villa against Newcastle. Crystal Palace against Brentford, Leeds against Everton, Manchester City against Norwich before we move into the half-past-five game where Brighton take on Watford. Then there are three games taking place on Sunday. Southampton versus Manchester United, Wolves against Tottenham, the big one at half-past-four on Sunday, Arsenal versus Chelsea before West Ham face Leicester City on Monday Night Football. Well, some big games, big games coming. Uh, that, uh, that Chelsea Arsenal game is going to be something. Can you imagine the thought of Romelu Lukaku playing against that defence that played against Brentford on Friday? Oh, he's gonna. Yeah, no, he's he's gonna have a field day, Lukaku. He really I think is at the Emirates as well. First game of the season at the Emirates. Yeah, they're gonna have to come up with something quite special, I think, to keep to stop him from scoring. Obviously, Man City versus Norwich. That could be anything. Yeah, it could be. That could be a very nasty afternoon for Norwich, or Manchester City could do what they did against us and not find the net at all. But I indeed, doubt it. No, they'll 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 kick on. There'll be a reaction. Yeah, there has to be. All the all the top teams react when they lose, and there's going to be a reaction. And it's West Ham versus Leicester's an interesting one. West Ham Leicester, yeah, that'll be a that'll be a good game to watch as game, well. I think yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. Of course, Nuno straight back. Yeah, straight back to Molyneux he as well. Hasn't been gone long, is he? No, and he, he gets to go back. At Wolves' first home game of the season. Nuno's there. Yeah. Nothing, Nothing changes. changes. Nothing changes. Villa-Newcastle as well. I mean, it's a big... In terms of the size of the two clubs, it's always a big game. One I always look forward to seeing that fixture. Yeah. 
as well as Leeds Everton. So some big classic Premier League clashes coming this weekend in the Premier League. And I think that pretty much lets us kind of bring us to an end. That's all we've got time for this week. So thank you very much for listening. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch with us here at Let's Talk Football, you can do so on Twitter at Let's Football Pod, or you can email us at Let's Talk Football Podcast 442 at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with another week of transfer news, another exciting weekend of Premier League football to look back on. And in the meantime, like, subscribe, share, comment, tell us all the things on the podcast. We will be back next week. So stay with us for the rest of this season too. And we'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye.